Welcome to Learning Line. Today we will be discussing diversity, equity, and inclusion at HSHS with Rachel DeVries. Rachel is the ideal guest considering her key role on the executive DEI steering committee at HSHS. In addition, Rachel serves as the HR vice president for the Illinois division, which is a role she has held for the past 18 months or so when she joined HSHS. Prior to joining HSHS, Rachel worked in healthcare HR for the past 15 years between both Spectrum Health and Beaumont Health. Rachel earned her undergrad degree at the University of Michigan and her master's degree at Walsh College. Rachel has also been very involved as a cheerleading coach. She has three children, two dogs, and is married to her husband, Matt. Rachel, so great to have you here today. Thank you. So as we typically do on Learning Line, we like to kick off with an icebreaker just to get to know you a little bit better. So if you were to choose your favorite holiday of the year, what would it be and, and how come you choose that one? Yeah, so I actually love this question. I would say Christmas is my favorite holiday of the year. I love spending time um, looking for gifts for others, just enjoying the family atmosphere that comes with the holidays. But more specifically, I really like Christmas because we have a fun tradition that happens around Christmas. We all go to my mom's house. We have a large family, and some of that is simply due to having a non-traditional family. So we have a few divorces in the family, and all of those family members still come to Christmas. So it doesn't matter if you're currently married to somebody or you used to be married to someone. I know that sounds odd, but everybody shows up. If they are remarried, they show up also. So it's a quite a big group. But what we have there is a silly string tradition. So my yes, my mom and my stepdad buy all sorts of cans of Silly String. And let me know if you guys are interested. We can let you know what brand works best. But they actually let us, um, and yes, us, meaning the adults as well as all of the children, do shake up all of the cans and um, we Silly String each other inside the house all over. And then uh, we get we get to help clean it up after it dries. So that has to be my favorite holiday of the year. I can see why. I don't know how to get on this invite list, but I, I want to <laughs> get in there one of these years. That sounds amazing. You and are I, and absolutely welcome. Sounds like a blast. And from personal experience, I do know you're excellent at gift giving at Christmas time. Uh, in fact, you had gotten a 3D picture for me one year at Christmas of me and my wife, and it's still sitting in my office on the shelf. Oh, that's awesome. Yep, very thoughtful of you. So getting into diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, you know, to start with, I think it's fortunate that we have seen an increased awareness around diversity, equity, and inclusion and the importance of it over the past couple of years. I think for some, there is a deep understanding of what exactly diversity, equity, and inclusion is. For others, maybe it's only surface deep, and then others who are not familiar with it at all. So, Rachel, how would you describe diversity, equity, and inclusion to someone who's not familiar with it or maybe only recognizes it in name only? So, I think if, if one were to Google diversity, equity, and inclusion, they would find a, a lot of different definitions. And for me, what resonates with me the most is 
diversity is really differences in a given setting. So those differences could vary. Um, there's race, ethnic diversity, there's gender diversity. There are um, socioeconomic diversity differences. So really any differences that are occurring in a given setting is, is what we're talking about when we're talking about diversity. Equity is more so ensuring that various processes, programs, things that are happening are set up to be impartial. And equity is focused on providing an equal or equal as possible outcomes for various individuals. Um, and that could be in the workplace or outside of the workplace. And then inclusion is really the practice of ensuring that people feel a sense of belonging where they're at. So those that's really the, the three definition types that resonate most with me. And again, I think there are a lot of different definitions out there that people could find, but they're interrelated, but also very particular in their differences as well. Wow, thanks for, for going into to depth on those. I think that's really helpful. And I think hearing that definition, it makes it easy for people to agree that focusing on diversity, equity, and inclusion is the fair and decent thing to do. Uh, I think there are some organizations that increasingly value environmental, social, and governance impact. Many others are still going to focus on the bottom line. So currently, what is the most effective case to make when convincing organizations that they should focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion? There, there are a lot of things going on in the world, and I think there has been an increased focus on DEI out there. I would say that it's really essential to do more than just the status quo with the conversation. So organizations should really focus on DEI in terms of ensuring that a sense of belonging, first and foremost, is in their colleague population. We want all of our colleagues to feel like they belong and that doesn't mean fitting in with the crowd necessarily. We want a diversity of thought, diversity of experience. Um, it's, it's known that diversity of thought, experience can provide better outcomes in teamwork and in solutions that people are coming up with. And that lends itself to better outcomes in any organization. It's important to consistently learn and grow and I believe the DEI conversation certainly does that. We want to make sure that we're pausing and having the tough conversations because it can be really easy to just lean on baseline DEI topics. And really where that learning and growing is coming in is looking inside of people and everybody has to do this for themselves, but asking the, the tough questions having tough conversations, and reflecting. And organizations that help their leaders and help their colleagues do this are going to be more advanced in their trust of one another and ensuring that they're going to have good retention over time. Couldn't agree more. And we know how much that impacts the bottom line, you know, whenever we're able to have that diversity of thought and opinion and able to retain our colleagues. So thank you for going into that with us. 
Um, switching gears a little bit here and focusing on HSHS specifically, what steps is HSHS taking to advance diversity, equity, and inclusion? And are most of these steps coming from the Executive Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Steering Committee that you're on? Right now, many of the steps are, although it is not all-inclusive. We have the Executive Steering Committee that meets regularly. It started about a year ago and has really met regularly since then. But we also have work that happens on a daily basis. We have a community benefit department that currently rolls up through our mission team. And we have that department in both Illinois and Wisconsin. And a lot of the work that they're doing is really lending itself towards the the health equity, looking at outcomes in the community and making connections there. So that's something that happens kind of in tandem to this diversity executive steering committee. A few of them are actually on our committee to make sure that we're constantly in conversation and working with one another. The steering committee is currently broken up into two subgroups. So we are focusing on workforce diversity, which would be recruitment and retention efforts and also cultural competence. So those two subgroups are meeting several times, I would say several times in between the executive steering committee meetings, and we're, we're creating a conversation. So where we're at right now is really looking at what current state is. And, you know, with anything, we want to start with what are we doing right now? Where are gaps that we see? And how can we continue to evolve as a system? So that's what those two groups are doing. The other thing that we have um, looked at is creating a patient preference, so a non-discrimination policy for our system. Currently, Wisconsin does have a non-discrimination policy. They rolled it out, um, I want to say about a year ago now. This has... This patient preference policy is essentially an edited version or an updated version of that policy, but it is being expanded to be a system-wide policy. And essentially what it is saying is that HSHS will not tolerate discrimination from our patients or our patient family members, and it will go so far as to provide some steps and insight for our leaders as they address those situations and how leaders can navigate helping our colleagues that report these situations when they occur. So that is one thing that came up through the Executive Steering Committee work that we're excited to be launching in the next 30 days or so. That is really exciting. That's interesting work that's going on and and certainly seems like it would help create you know, an environment where colleagues feel like they belong and, and shows that we do value diversity. I think one of the other things that jumps out to me about the Executive Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Steering Committee is the involvement of our new president and CEO, Damon Boatwright. Uh, the fact that he was eager to be heavily involved in this group from his beginning here at HSHS, I think signals our focus on DE&I here at HSHS. Absolutely. Damon was one of the chairs at his last organization, and he has been an awesome co-chair for this current executive steering committee. Rachel, as you know, 
the primary audience for Learning Line are leaders here at HSHS. Um, so for those leaders listening to our conversation today, what advice would you share with them in terms of what they can do within their circle of control to advance diversity, equity, and inclusion? I would say ask questions, continue to learn, read articles, books, stay in tune uh, with what's happening in the world because your colleagues are aware of what's going on. Your colleagues may be impacted, some more than others, with what is going on out there. And it's important as a leader to recognize that, to ask your colleagues how they are doing. Think another thing from a leadership perspective is making sure you're listening. So a lot of what can be done as a leader is to simply pause and listen. Stop and have the conversation because so many times it can be easy to just get caught up in the day-to-day of whatever uh, your job or your department is. But pausing to have those conversations is a great way to start. Even if you don't really know um, about a particular background or maybe you, you just don't feel well-versed, in a particular topic, asking, having having conversations about it. Don't be afraid to dig in and just learn more. From a DEI perspective, it's important to always consider that it's not always about race. So yes, race is a very important predominant part of a DEI conversation. But there are a lot of different avenues related to diversity, equity, inclusion. And again, that could be socioeconomic status, that could be gender, that could be, you know, differences of experience that people have, that could be variations in background, uh, military status or not, you know, if somebody is a single parent or they're not. So all of those different factors influence our colleagues and bring a different perspective when the colleague is coming. And so lastly, what I would say is really think about in your hiring process what you might be looking for. A lot of people will mention, hey, that person wasn't a fit for my department. So I would really question yourself on hiring for fit. We want to find value in diverse experiences, diverse backgrounds, and really, okay, so really think about what's different about a candidate and what they might be able to bring to your team that complements your team, and that is, and isn't always the same. Rachel, a couple of key takeaways there. Thanks for that. And, and what I really appreciate about the advice that you're sharing here with with leaders is that it's so approachable. You know, I think for for any of us, no matter what our experience level is in, in leadership, um, you know, or, or, or working within DE&I, I think we're all in a position where we can ask questions, we can stay in tune with what's going on, we can listen, we can stop and have the conversation, and we can think about our hiring process and, you know, hiring for fit, if you will, and and what exactly it is that we mean by that, and, and instead maybe focusing on diversity of experience. So thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Rachel, final question today. Based on what you see progressive organizations doing, 
or even considering aspirational goals of HSHS, what do you see as the future of diversity, equity, and inclusion? I think uh, continuing to have the conversation is essential. We're all on this, this process, this trip over time, and everybody, every organization is at a different starting point. So I think it's really important not to compare ourselves necessarily to other organizations, but also recognize where we're starting from. So for, for HSHS, one of the things that I would love to see in the future is just this continued conversation. We're already advancing that. We're advancing that through this podcast right now. Um, it's going to be advanced through DEI being a topic in the leader link. DEI was a topic in last year's Leadership Day. So we are, as a system, already starting to have the conversation. I think we can continue the conversation, continue to get input, insights, ideas, make our colleagues and leaders comfortable in speaking up in what they might be experiencing so that we can take that into account to continue to evolve as a system moving forward. I also think there are things that we can do that are best practices out there that we might not necessarily be doing right now. One example of that would be inclusion resource groups. That is a best practice out there that some organizations are doing, and that would include creating an inclusion resource group around various groups of people. So you don't need to be in that particular group you could just be supporting that particular group to be involved in that inclusion resource group. So that might be an example of that might be women in leadership could be an example of an inclusion resource group. Hispanic resource groups. So really what those groups would be doing is meeting, creating a venue to talk, have conversation, an affinity group. And those groups over time could create events, they could create opportunities, and maybe that starts to be where we find some of our cultural competence training. Those groups might be able to provide educational sessions over time, and really it can evolve. But I think starting to talk about that and what that might look like at HSHS over time would be a good thing for our organization. And then finally, just keep creating opportunities for people to learn, grow, have the conversation, really stop the silence on it and make sure that this is just an ongoing conversation that people are willing to learn and, and have discussions about. And that's really where I'd love to see us go. I know, you know, we can't go from zero to 60 all of the time, but simply having the conversation and bringing up the topic, getting people's perspective is a great place to start. Rachel, I'm really looking forward to us continuing to advance diversity, equity, and inclusion here at HSHS and looking forward to being a part of that. For those of you listening today, I encourage you to learn more by joining our leader link on Wednesday, May 18th, where Rachel will be presenting on advancing diversity, equity, and inclusion Rachel, thanks so much for taking the time to join us today. I always enjoy our conversations. Thank you for having me, Matt. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Learning Line. We would like to give special recognition to Claire Kramer, our editor and producer of the show, and Ray Engeldinger, the composer of our music. Ray works in supply chain and wrote, no doubt, the song you are hearing now. Thank you.